Welcome to People Helping People, the podcast for social entrepreneurs who want to build a social impact business. I'm your host, Adam Morris, and today I am thrilled to have Neil Mehta with me, CEO of the UK company, Givy. Neil has been at the forefront of promoting charitable giving through Givy's innovative platform, a cause that speaks directly to the heart of giving back and creating a lasting social impact. Combining technology and philanthropy, Givy represents the future of effortless charitable endeavors. So, Neil, welcome on the podcast. Fantastic. What a summary. <laughs> Can we start off? Can you just give us a little bit more information about what Givy is? Yeah. Givy is something that is kind of a, a part of a personal manifestation of me believing that we need to be giving um, as a small part of everyday living throughout our lives, basically. So it kind of starts from that place um, as a mission. And then Givy has kind of developed over the last four or five years to be very, very specifically geared towards supporting smaller charities and local communities throughout the UK through use of digital technology in its total sense, basically, not just necessarily a platform to donate and get funding, but really use it as a enabler from storytelling to tools and, and widgets and whatever else that you need to give where obviously the majority of the volunteer-led organizations, small charities, are run by volunteers who are not necessarily that time poor, and a lot of them are mobile-driven, basically, and just mm-hmm. encouraging them to use that as the platform from a connectivity point of view, and their skills, basically, or whatever. So it's kind of money, skills, time, really. And what are, what's like a good example of somebody who uses Givy for their um, organization? It's quite a wide spectrum. So if we talk about it from, say, scout groups. So we have in the UK, there's about 320 scout groups, but they're all run as individual community-led organizations or teams. And they use the platform to purely raise donations on the basis of, we we just want to do a scout hut or we want to take some of them to a outing or whatever. So it's not, again, it's nothing huge major event driven kind of scenario it's it's actually at that kind of level we get a lot of parent teacher associations so it's actually supporting the parents who are raising funds for their own local school in some shape or form so through the pandemic for example whatever we had a inner city school it was very it's great for the government to say everyone work from home and you've got free internet access for a while or whatever but we had one of the schools in the city of london where the children didn't have IT. They didn't even have a laptop or iPad. So they used Givy to raise money to buy IT equipment. And then you take it up to all kinds of causes from domestic abuse to refugees to mental health. It covers a wide spectrum of society, basically, and all the areas that you can think about. So it's not just why I define as the top level like cancer research, cancer and children only and save the children and whatever. So I think I'm very clear that what we do is a lot more on the ground at the grassroots or whatever. Mm-hmm. And actually, we, we again are the glue because we uh, create ways for them to be able to use podcasts or social media posts or whatever. So all those things they can use. So it's free to really promote their cause and then obviously get donations through that all of that actually is is kind of examples of saying 
just out of the box or whatever, pick it up, use it, and then get engaged in the community. And, and then obviously, hopefully, we're giving them a channel to the wider world, basically, of donors and volunteers and so forth. Yeah, and I suspect there's so many charities out there where they're not the size of Oxfam, where they have the budget and the technology to, to do this on their own. And so it's like having a platform where they can just plug in and, and use that without the hurdles of having a, a big budget. So, to manage. I think the biggest thing being that they you, you've hit it on, on the nail, they do not have the, the skill or the capacity to be able to do these things if a lot of them are working part time. Majority of these, again, there's a, a particular cultural dimension for small charities, which that even the permanent staff are part time. They're not working five days a week. The volunteers is huge, and they they obviously again work at a certain uh, time and place type of thing. So you've got a lot of you need to be in a place where you you can give something that's consistently there that they can just come into plug and play. Yeah, that's great. Now, you haven't always been in the, the social sector, right? You, you started off in technology. Yes. Tell me yes. just a little bit about that career and like what led to this transition. I think we are a product of some of these up, up, our upbringing. Parents were very much uh, community-driven and making sure that you're always giving back. And yes, there wasn't a lot of money, but you're giving back, whether it's neighbors treating them food and washing cars and whatever else. So I think that, it's forgotten when you start your career and going to <laughs> say, right, I'm on, I'm on a career. Yeah, I started in technology by accident, to be frank. I qualified and um, technology in the 80s was the, the thing. It still is, but in a different way. Um, so yeah, but I arrived by accident and had a very successful career in technology. It went through all the different phases of it until it ended up in software or whatever. So yeah, go back a long way in terms of the days when they used to have the first ever Philips telephone, which was, they called it a brick. It was a brick telephone. I was very proud to get one when I worked for one of the Dutch companies or whatever. And I said, I've got a mobile phone and it's, (laughs) it was literally a brick. So yeah, I've come from that stage to what we are now today. And then I think from having built a company and worked with VCs and sold a company and all these things. I think more and more started to get involved in not-for-profits and first more as a board, kind of NED and board director or whatever with some initiatives, government, public initiatives. And I started fundraising for children's charities, doing bike rides and climbing mountains and doing all these crazy things that I didn't do in my youth basically, and started to kind of understand about, I suppose, the dynamics of social good and what that looks like, both from a pure kind of charitable point of view. And that was not just the UK, but worked in Africa, in India, in in Cambodia. And and you really go on the ground and you really see the impact of the money we we raise do. And then... um, I've been ever since involved in the charitable world, so half my time is still as a volunteer. I am involved in a social enterprise in the UK and also another charity, which is an international NGO. So I think that's very much a personal thing that I'm very keen on ensuring that if I get involved, I actually do go on the ground and ensure that I see for my own self and 
the change and, and feel what the change is doing to the communities, basically. Mm-hmm. So my passion has always been empowering communities. Then I, I think Givi is just a manifestation of of bringing those skills of innovation, technology, of the communities, and how do you glue that together? Because I think one of the challenges is always at the small community level, little goes a long way. But for people who raise the money, disproportionately pay a lot to get the money. So I think that's probably where something came along, kind of bit me and said, I need to create something that creates the lowest cost of distribution so that the maximum goes to the community. And it doesn't need to be a lot, but it will make a huge impact because I've seen what it does. So I I still believe small is beautiful in in that context Mm. um, from most of the work that I do now. I love that. Well, I'm just to highlight this point that you're spending time going into the communities and volunteering um, connected to that gives you insight of what the needs actually are. Yeah, it's quite... I think the volunteers are very, very under-recognized in the context of, of what I'm talking about, whatever, because each of the, the unsung heroes, in particular for communities and small charities, whatever, without a shadow of a doubt. I'm sure the big charities have huge amounts of volunteers as well, but the impactful and the hard, heavy lifting that you have to do if you're in a, you're more engaged, you're going to be more, get your hands dirty and get yourself really into making sure that you're making the impact happen more so not on the back of it, sitting in a chair, doing a spreadsheet. Spreading the check. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to hear just a little bit. You've been in these two different worlds where, you know, technology and venture capital is a very different mindset that people in charities often have. Yeah. Um, things that you think people in the social impact world can learn from technology, venture capital track? I've seen a change, obviously, having lived in that world 20 years ago, 15 years ago, quite quite actively. Obviously, all this social impact funds and so forth have come along. So that's the shift that's happening, basically, or whatever. But I think there's always going to be a challenge of what I would define as profit-driven objectives or whatever, and what the returns are expected that if you see in the times I worked for VCs, traditional pure commercial VCs haven't changed in that context that they might be looking for 15%, 20% IRR per, per year growth and et cetera, et cetera. And that's the area that I believe still is evolving, that if that kind of capital will make a huge difference in the charitable world, and you can still make it profitable, but it's what's the delta mm. and what's the timeline. So the, my experience of com- local communities and small charities, the truly sustainable ones have been the ones who have been here for 10, 20, 30 years or so, because they've actually not necessarily gone huge, big from a financial point of view, but they've just been consistent in, in what they've been doing. And yes, they've been doing it at sub a million dollars, sub half a million dollars, but they've done it for 20 years. And mm-hmm. that has, is sustainable impact because you've got the local communities involved. So it's all about timeline, return, patience, perseverance, and, and making sure, I call it patient capital. There is not enough patient capital. It does normally come from trusts and foundations and family offices, maybe, and individuals. 
basically who can do that. But institutionally, that's something that's still to be resolved because I think that would be the kind of thing that technology helps. So there's a lot of fundraising platforms, but ultimately they are actually a technology player. They're a software business. Somewhere down the line, they become more commercial organizations by default, basically, because they're funded by an organization wants a, a return. And somewhere down the line, they will more likely uh, in, a, in a five, 10 year timeline rather than 20, 30 year timeline. So I've kind of seen a lot of these waves of things that have happened, obviously, for a period of time, but they can make a huge impact. Now, interesting, when you first were describing Gibby, you mentioned that it's also a storytelling platform. Mm-hmm. And right now you're mentioning how you can give that return to the people that are investing, Yeah, which I'm guessing is not really financial. I think it, it could be financial, but it could be a financial which is long term. So you could actually be saying, mm-hmm. hey, if you invest or whatever, you will get some return back over a five to 10 year period of time. And by the way, it will be capped at. 10% or 15% or something, which is the norm of somebody saying like normal people say, okay, well, I've got my savings plan and I'll put it into stock or whatever and hopefully it will grow at 10%, 20% over a, a lifetime type of thing or whatever. So I think a great believer that it's, uh, pure handouts is not good either, basically. You've got to keep that balance because I think it is kind of self-sustaining, but there is a model that says, okay, patient capital a return or whatever, maybe it's capped as such, and also that it's going to be over a longer period of time. I think some of the impact funds or whatever look at it maybe in that way because they naturally look at succession planning and so forth. So they're, they're naturally in that zone. And I, I love that model too of, of just thinking, hey, if I'm going to donate to a charity that's one time and they're going to use the money versus if I'm going to give money to an impact fund, it's going to feel change, but that money is going to come back and can be reused again. Mm. So I'm a trustee of a social enterprise that basically gives mentoring and what we define as a soft loan monies, but the, the payback is actually as a revenue share. Mm-hmm. But the risk is obviously that you're going to get, you're backing social impact projects. And there, there's always a default rate on that that they will fail basically potentially purely because of the nature of what they're trying to do. So you're kind of building this into a model, which is unusual. So it's not an easy measurement of saying, yes, in five years time, you're going to be sold for $10 million and get your money back. So so one of the kind of things that we, we did in there is that we said, actually, we also want to be ensuring that we're not benefiting more than we should. So we recently put a cap on that we over a certain amount of 1.5x of whatever monies that we've given, that's it. After that, whoever the, if they really grow it, fine. There's no equity, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's quite an unusual. It's kind of innovating in in a way that is very fair and equitable. But at the same time, as you said, mm. it circulates the the flow of money. But as a charity, which it is, it's a social enterprise charity. It's also very open in its objects to say, look, this is how we're going to be doing it. So somebody coming along, as you rightly say, one of the questions was, well, what if we fly and become a multi-million pound social enterprise, basically? We hadn't thought that through and then came back and we debated it as, that's a board game. You need a good board, basically. We say, actually, it's unfair that we, we should get more than... So it's kind of that kind of 
flexibility and that kind of uh, giving, basically, and mm-hmm. enabling is, is really the kind of things that I think for the future is very much looking at it from a point of view of somebody who wants to fund something that is a, a bit more at scale, if you like. And I really like that kind of transparency of being able to say anybody who's participating in this, this is what the, the company stands yeah. for. And, and you know, it's been thought through. This is a fair yeah. amount. It's not, we're going to try to maximize our returns. We're, we're going to try to maximize our impact. Yeah. And some of this is learnings. We didn't know that until we practiced some, obviously, on the other side, receiving the money. So, well, hang on. What if things go really well? Or that just doesn't seem equitable but it's a it's a very very fine balance basically because at the end of the day you're also going to get when you're funding startups if you want to call it that social enterprise startups or whatever they have the same issues as most of the startups they have probably more of a challenges from a point of view of that they are sometimes the skills are not there or they're disabled or whatever and if you're funding that you might have a whatever 20 percent default Right. So you've got to build all these things into the equation of coming up with some of the things that we're just talking about. But that's the reality of the world, basically, that we live in, you know, at the end of the day. Yeah. And I've noticed that a lot with social enterprises that start up. Like they're typically very strong on their their motivation to create the social impact. Yeah. Um, but quite often, that's what got them into it, not being serial entrepreneurs yeah. who started a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, so there's building up the skills of like, how do you actually measure and grow a business? Sustainability is obviously one of the key kind of elements of um, um, creating a sustainable model yeah. from a collaborative point of view. And I think that's kind of a, one of the key things that that needs to be done because there's no one master <laughs> in that scenario. In the old days, the master was the one with the deepest pockets so the ones who puts up the, the money. But I think that, that hopefully that world has changed since lockdown and what's happening now with the ECG kind of things, basically, I think yeah. awakening, if hopefully this is happening from that point of view. I, I like how this conversation has been structured. 20 years ago, you had the the world that was making impact, which was your nonprofits and your charities, and you had the, the for-profit business world, yeah. which is like, we're going to maximize our revenue and that's how we thrive and, and give give back and now there's a mix and there's some balance of being able to say okay well what does that mean to do both yeah. um, but also in this conversation a, a few things i've heard are, are not even about the money but about how people are, are creating that impact yeah. so you know things that we've touched on just from the beginning of like how you personally are, are involved volunteering connecting with the community and how for small charities that are starting up quite often they're all volunteer run right so they don't have that experience they don't have that access yeah. to that technology yeah. one thing that's really important for them is being able to tell that story and and connect with the people that uh, want to help support them doing yeah. that work but also relay back hey here's here's where the money is going and, yeah. and how that's actually getting used yeah and i think um, i think technology again has enabled that to be visible and, and democratic or whatever if you like and that's been a good thing, basically, because it's amazing in some of the things that, you know, what do you call it, how technology gives you data on, on, on the fly. From a charitable point of view, you you will be able to kind of punch above your weight a bit, basically, purely by using some of these things that are, are 
now available. But yeah, you're absolutely right. It's just ensuring that you get the right capital, the right skills again, and the right environment, etc. I think one of the big things is kind of you've got a lot of uh, like-minded people, basically, and partnerships. And those things are collaborative. And I know these are words that are very much used in, in a lot of faith-based organizations. It's, it's just naturally the DNA. You know, you can create that in, a, in an environment which is for social good as well. And I think things definitely, the generation that's coming through under 25 now, in their DNAs, I want to do good. I don't want to just earn money, but I don't want to. I actually want to do good at the same time. Whereas I think people like me, much older, or whatever, started where, to be frank with you, that was not the case. The case was very much you go and you're very single-minded uh, in acquisition, whether it's whatever you know, career, money, whatever. So I think there's a there, there is a there's that generation coming through which are basically saying that. So we, in Gibby, basically, we get a lot of, I mean, the way we keep our low, cost low is we operate like a small charity or whatever. So we got a whole bunch of student interns who come and go and learn digital skills and whatever. That's what you see in the social media space. We've got career break women who literally spend a few hours in between when young kids are at school. They're spending two or three hours in, in between the school times helping again. So we got, we kind of, embracing some of the kind of things that I'm talking about that we have to operate that way as well because that's the only way that you can make it all work but technology is key again because that is where you create the the virtual environment that you you need to do that because you can't afford the huge fixed overheads that in the old days was a must must have we had actually an intern from Canada and one from US do some research for us six months ago so you can also bridge that internationally although we are focused in uk people can still contribute basically location not an issue what's the vision for Gibby going forward i would like to think that we can create something that make giving a small part of everyday living so if we can create a way for at any time, any place, an individual to be able to give those things through technology, basically, on the fly, it might be an <laughs> impossible thing. Or it doesn't matter what age you are or whatever, but if you've got, say, two hours and uh, as an example, and you say every Friday, two hours or whatever, I just want to stop whatever I'm doing. And I'm just going to go locally to a food bank and just serve. No, I'm going to go and volunteer. And, and actually, this charity needs some help with their accounts. I'm an accountant or whatever. I've got two hours or three hours. I've got half an, half an afternoon. I'll go in there and just help them to set it up or whatever. So that's the skills bit or whatever. But they can also do practical things. They can also do time-based, they can do a money-based thing, saying, I'm going to come in and man a stand at, at the church hall for collecting donations. or But to be able to do it in a way that is very much part of the DNA, rather than actually I have to belong to this particular outfit and this particular subset and so forth. So giving, giving an opportunity for anyone to contribute whatever they have, and that is as valuable 
money is not the only thing that's the most valuable to me just somebody saying okay well i'll take all people to hospitals or food shopping for an hour every week fantastic now the other way i look at it is that i would like to record all of these things and that will come through mobiles and data or whatever and then you start to see some real stories that will create some kind of statement which actually says to whether it's advocacy to the government to whoever and say look this is the real impact that that we are talking about which is everyone measures by donations uh, ex donations ex charity and so forth but guess what this is the dynamics of this that we've just talked about and the impact it's had and then obviously the medium is there to be able to communicate those stories through video and then so forth to a whole bunch of stakeholders and if Gibby is collecting information from such a broad range just being able to have that that unique perspective around hey here's here's what's going on in the community and what their needs are and where you're seeing struggles that is very powerful to communicate back we we're, we're not there yet i think it's it's one of these things where you're learning and obviously i mean everyone is talking about ai technology and so forth or whatever but it's like all these things that's that's at the very surface level but in terms of how you use that to be able to enable a lot of these things is is the, some of the exciting things that's coming down the line basically because that does the heavy lifting as i call it some of these things we're talking about which 2 years ago I would have said oh my god it's going to cost such a lot of money to try to bolt all this and together and how would we learn and get data out and all the rest of it and suddenly ai has appeared on the scene um and it suddenly said okay interesting but it it will take time because the kind of things i'm talking about is a lot more integrated and holistic um rather than as you uh, as you say particular piece of technology just says oh great chat gpt uh, that will solve all the problems basically you know? <laughs> <laughs> it won't solve all the problems but it's so i think the technology for technology's sake is not necessarily the answer for impact impact is mm-hmm. by default humanistic human it's the human element is a really key and ai will never be able to emulate em- emotion and spirit and and a feel of without any language you get a feel and, and so forth or all these things are very important in the charity world basically because if that's what you're serving um unlike if you're doing blogs or whatever and then you say oh yeah great mm. i can use this this tools so i'm i'm conscious that you've got to be very uh, respectful on use of technology in the right way for for good and that again deserves its kind of time and place and patience because those things take uh, a lot lot more because of the dimensions that we are both talking about which is our environment and our society and our best people and at the end of the day even ai is just a, a tool that we need to learn how to use and bring ourselves to it as opposed to assuming it's going to take over and give us the answers right? no no it absolutely no, no, absolutely that. so how do people find out about gibby how can they help and get and support we're digital we are online basically we are on social media we are on podbean podcast we are very organic driven and let those things speak on behalf of the 
community and the audience that we serve. If for people that are listening, uh, you can get involved and, and help with that effort. Oh, brilliant. Um, the best way is to go to Gibby.com, or if you're on social, most of the social handles are GibbyHQ. There's just so many different ideas of, of how people can give yeah, on the website. Absolutely. Like, you know, go and check out and to see, hey, here's different ways that I can help. And so, you know, if there's a cause that, that's near to your heart, it gives people a way to say, hey, actually, here's something that's local that, that I can support. Yeah. And also the dynamics are, are very much going to be quite interesting in terms of the change. Change is always the case. Everyone says change, but I think we're going to go through quite a major next four or five years with all the things from climate change to ESG to AI to whatever else you can talk about. There's a lot of change happening right now. Oh, without a shadow of a doubt, it's challenging in lots of different ways. But that's the world we're in. I mean, it is what it is. I always say that you can't look backwards and you can't look forwards that you're going to just look at really what it is and yes the other things are going to happen depending on at that point in time so head in the clouds feet on the ground <laughs> well thank you so much for joining today and just walking through what Gibby has done in your own journey yeah thank you for your time thank you for the conversation it's been hopefully helpful to other people in their journeys thank you very much and if you're listening do go check out gibby.com a lot of cool ideas on there fantastic thanks 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 adam